Hello and welcome to Wake and Jake, myself and King Biebs, as we talk about some pitching signings that went down Josh Hader to your Houston Astros. They'll be in the mix. Yankees will see them opening day. Just got reminded that today. Uh, Robert Stevenson gets a bag, $33 million for three years to go to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Exciting and scary per usual. And then Yariel Rodriguez, Cuban, gets us excited. 26, young, talented. Uh, he signs with the Toronto Blue Jays as they put some of their chips on the table. So we'll walk through that. And then we also had, I mean, one of the more dramatic football games I can remember in recent memory, uh, that Chiefs-Bills game. And we'll walk through the rest of the football, I think, with Justin Penick, who should be here in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Let's go through the baseball before that. And it starts with Josh Hader. Uh, the tweet comes out. Uh, is it 5 for 95? Mm-hmm. That technically made it the highest reliever contract ever. Uh, it jumps Edwin Diaz by technicality because Edwin Diaz was 102, but that was with money deferred. So highest, I think it's like the highest AAV on like a... Josh Hader and his agent get to say they get the the best reliever contract of all time. Well, Edwin Diaz's agent could probably say the same thing. Uh, it's funny when you search on Fangraphs, the highest contracts given out uh, this free agency. Josh Hader is number five. Can you name the four in front of him? Josh Hader's number five, the four in front of him. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Bang. Um, who else is signed? Shohei Otani, I'll give you, that's, you know. Yes. I think people were going to get that one. People, the other people got that one. One is sneaky. I, assume, was, I assume because you're asking, there's a there's a trick. Oh, Nola beat Nola, that. that's. Okay. That was the fake sneaky one, because he just, I don't want to say, he re-signed. He did re-sign. Um. Otani, Yamamoto, Nola, number four, Jung-Hoo Lee oh. to your San Francisco Giants. That one is going to be an interesting one to look back at in a couple years. Hader comes in fifth more than Erod for four years, um, more than Sonny Gray, Jamer, Shota Imanaga, sure, sure, sure. Strowman. Um, Stro Show, what a deal. Yankees. Yanks. Houston has their formula. Uh, I got called out, and rightfully so, although it was an angry, an angry tweet, as they usually are. And I was like, wow, you know, Houston gets Hader. Uh, him and Diaz's contracts are so similar. I picture Hader as a multi-inning guy if you need it. Um, you know, good for Houston. Their back end is disgusting. Hader, Presley, Abreu. Presley, a sneaky old Ryan Presley, 35, played with Trevor Plouffe. So that's how you know someone's old. Um, Brian Abreu is going to be, God, he's 26. 72 innings pitched, 100 strikeouts last year, 175 ERA for Brian Abreu. He was really good last year. And they'll just add Josh Hader to that. So Presley and Hader both had 30-plus saves last year. Presley said, I'm good. Pop. If I'm not closing, I don't care. That's a pretty nice mentality to have in the back end of your bullpen. 
And not all closers have that mentality, man. Ryan Presley's closed out big games. Uh, but to get Josh Hader on and chase another World Series, the Texas Rangers just won in their division. That rivalry is going to be fun this year. Houston, this is a pivotal, pivotal, pivotal <laughs> year for them. I always do that. Um, Altuve and Bregman on the last year of their contract. Bregman, if he has an Alex Bregman year, he is going to demand a bag bag. Be interesting to see where Houston goes with that. Altuve, I said this on Talking Baseball. For me, this just feels like something that gets figured out at this point. Although, if he goes nuts this year, Altuve missed a chunk of the season last year. When he played, he was awesome. 311 batting average, 393 on base, 522 slug. That's higher than Kyle Tucker. Um, The year before had a higher OPS plus than the MVP year. Altuve had 14 swipes last year, so he's going to be turning 34. But if Jose Altuve plays to his baseball card next year, I guess I was saying, like, there's a team-friendly way to figure this out. You could stretch out the years. The Yankees kind of did that with DJ LeMahieu. Obviously, DJ doesn't have the full resume that Altuve had, but DJ's first couple years with the Yankees, he did. I think he was top four MVP votes his first two seasons. So the Yankees, whose hands were tied because they needed to be better, uh, what they did is they stretched out DJ's contact. They gave him, what was it, 15 for six years? Yeah, they they essentially gave him a four for 90 and just tacked on two more years to spread it around. And I think he'll age or whatever. And he was around the same, same age. I think he was a year younger than Altuve. I think so at the time Uh, of signing. So with free agency years matter, uh, obviously pure performance wise and career Altuve has been better. Totally. Um, so if he's healthy and he plays to himself last year, what I just said could be out the window because Hey, a hometown deal and retiring your number and all that's nice. Altuve probably gets that anyways. Like, even if he goes and spends the next four years with the White Sox, his Astros Mm -hmm. legacy is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he was the guy that started the rebuild. He's the guy, MVP, eight-time All-Star, six-time Silver Slugger, two World Series. Like, Altuve, if he does finish somewhere else, his legacy in Houston is fine. Um, And will be with Houston. And you'd assume the same with Bregman. Uh, For that, it's just the years. Like, Bregman's turning 30 or is 30. Let's double check. Uh, He's 20. He turns 30 March 30th, so the start of the season. So if Alex Bregman plays to the back of his baseball card, um, which he's a career 861 OPS, the past couple years he's been a little down from that, but um, he plays every day. The past two years, 155 games, 161 games. Uh, with an 812 OPS plus, a one or OPS of 127 OPS plus. Uh, if he plays to that, his career numbers are a little better. Uh, you could spin that two different ways. Um, you know, that 2019 season with 41 homers, and that was a juicy ball year. That could be a little bit of an outlier. He also led the league in walks that year, which he's always had a good eye, but that's. That's crazy. Sneaky almost more walks and strikeouts career for Alex Bregman. Oh. Alex Bregman's going to get a bag. Plays good defense, and he's not going to have a bad season. Um, so for him, I mean, he could hit free agency, and if you run into 
You know, remember the the Padres were the runners up for Judge because they threw four hundred mil at him. Like Alex Bregman just needs one team to kind of go ham. And I think the Astros, we've seen them walk away from Springer. We've seen them walk away from Correa, JV, Cole. Like the the talent that's now left Houston, um, they won't be scared to let someone go. And it feels like Bregman's number could hit a silly number that Houston says, hey, we'll figure it out. Where again, like I'm saying with Altuve, he's going to get paid. You'd like to think both sides come to the table and say, hey, let's stretch this out till you're 40, 41, 42. Who cares if there's an extra We end 10. up with with two years of you as a fairly expensive bench player. You've earned that. Like, you know, it, like if they... You know, the other the new, other thing is we're deferring money. If Altuve wants to sign up for some of that, doesn't want to play while he's old, might be a sick puppy that just does. Um, you'd like to think they figure that out. Bregman a little more of a wild card. And if Justin Verlander, which is funny, we've already done this because he already left in free agency. He just came back <laughs> half year later. Uh, if he has one injury this year, he would essentially be a free agent. He uh, he has a 140-inning pitch clause in his contract. Uh, last year, I mean, in 27 starts, he had 162. God, he is a sick puppy. Uh, so I wouldn't, wouldn't bet against it. But let's say that does happen. Justin Verlander has a hamstring thing, has a who knows what it is. He's, he's getting up there in years, 41 next season. We could actually feel like a new Houston team. It's kind of never felt like a new Houston team. This is for next year. But, you know, yeah. say if something happened with Altuve and Bregman, Jordan, Jose Abreu's on the books for another year. Uh, Kyle Tucker will be there. Who Kyle Tucker was the first guy that kind of felt like the new guy and lurked around and then mm. was just really good. Jordan assimilated way too easily. Yeah, oh, here's one of the best lefty hitters of all time. <laughs> Makes Kyle Tucker look boring. And Kyle Tucker could be a $300 million player. Um, interested to see how that plays out. Like, if there's a Verlander injury this year, the fact that all three of them could be free agents, I don't know. That would, that would officially change the tone of Houston. And I'd be interested to see what they really do. Because um, Jeremy Pena... Remember how sexy he was a year ago? Like, won the World Series, young shortstop. Like, his offensive numbers weren't that pretty last year. Still plays really incredible defense. Yeah. Still still very, very young. and Still super talented, but I think for the question would be, like, could Jeremy Pena be a top end of the lineup bat? And this year is going to be a big pivot year for them. Because um, they did that, and then they kind of slid him down last year. Interesting year for Houston Astros. The Texas Rangers, they didn't win the division, but they won the World Series. Seattle, we'll see if they have any moves up their sleeve. Um, Trev said he liked the Angels, and we all called him out because you like them until you think about it. It's a lot of young guys root yeah. for him. Maybe Trout will be good when he plays. Some baby brother stuff there. And, yeah, if uh, you see if they have a lead – after the sixth or seventh inning, Hader, Presley, Abreu on a given night. That's tough. Uh, and that's not counting Rafael Montero, who they gave a nice contract to. Had a tough year last year. Uh, and, you know, every bullpen every year has one guy that gets hurt. 
Kendall Graveman out for the year. That hurts them. Uh, but he usually has someone that steps up too. I wonder if they're done. Right now, Jose Urquidy is listed as their fifth starter. Uh, wasn't great last year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they get like a one-year starting pitcher. They usually like Urquidy as their long reliever spot starter option. J.P. France did pitch 136 innings for them last year, and he's currently listed as their long reliever, so they don't need to. Like, per usual, Houston's set. I think they're going to do something else. Um, And, yeah, I again, it, it kind of blew my mind. Hater since 2020, only has one inning-plus appearance, and it was 1.1 in a playoff game. I don't know. I just picture him so differently than that. Yeah, I remember it was like a storyline. Weird. To, you know, when he had less than two years to go to free agency that he kind of just didn't want to do that and wanted to rack up some saves before he gets paid. So there, there, I know there's been some some theorizing online that... Uh, now oh, that he's gotten he, paid. He's gotten paid. Is he going to go back to that? Or or at minimum, is it is it going to be like a, he and Presley, like eight or nine, depending what the matchups are? I don't know. Astros got... A lot of really good righties, and Hayter is kind of their only high-leverage lefty right now, so could they use him in a 7th or 8th in a, in a spot? I think so. I, I think they're going to find lanes with those guys. Got his, got his checks. Especially early on. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if they start stretching him out just a little bit because you, ha- you got the contract, and I feel like he was so good at that mm-hmm. um, for a little bit with the brew crew there, but maybe young man, older man, I don't know. Houston's going to be back in the mix. Um, Trev said, watch out for their bench options. You never really know with them. Um, they love what they do, and for a reason. Is also just a hater in that multi that, That's a very hard role to do for, even as long as he did it. Like it's, it's true. It's not a lot of guys who do that role like that, certainly in the modern era, that keep doing that for that long. He, like even Chad Green the last time we watched him as a Yankee, like Sneaky. not that not that he's in the same cat conversation right. here, but like he, he became a one-inning guy basically. Sneaky weird like, arm angle, like yeah. I, I get it. I get it. If he just doesn't if he thinks that's best for keeping him healthy or keeping him effective, so like sure. And but you've done it before. Two Josh Hader fun facts. One, same middle name as me. Ronald Talk about that next time. See him. Um, and Beebs, if you're on his page, I'm sorry. Do you know what his listed height is? You don't have to do weight. Oh. Yeah, thin guy. Uh, I feel like he's, in my head, he's very tall. I want I want like the 6'4 I have in my head. Listed 5'11. Really? Hater? Gosh, hater, right? He's got like... like- Randy had, Johnson energy. Yeah, had spikes on when we saw him. Maybe that's why. I've, I've been face-to-face with that man. Pretty wild. Career 2-5 huh. ERA. Uh, some of the strikeout numbers are crazy. Strikes out like two more batters per nine innings than pretty much anyone else. Uh, yeah. Houston will be there. Can't wait to see him. The other two signings, Robert Stevenson, who a lot of the... You know, I think our guy Foolish Bailey was on, uh, Eno. Like, he found a new pitch, and when he did, his numbers were off the charts for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, guy who was a first-round pick, has the arm talent, but never was really successful until 42 games with the Rays last year. 
where in 38.1 innings he had 60 strikeouts, a 0.678 whip. Um, so the risk is obvious. Like, I've seen a lot of relievers have hot streaks that come to an end. Uh, you also sometimes see pitchers have something click, and they openly talked about a new pitch. It's a cutter, but it's a downward cutter that we were debating cutter slider. Um and it was a certain level of unhittable. So the Angels make their move. If it was a team we liked a little more or had better pitching history, I think we would love this signing and say, watch out for this guy. There's just such a fear factor that comes with the Angels. And not to play the MLB path game a little bit, which I actually just played in a Jolly Olive uh, video that should come out at some point. Cincy, Colorado, Pittsburgh. And I know Cincy's back, but, you know, 2016 to 2020 Cincy was not as hot. Um, To Colorado, to Pittsburgh. Gets a couple months with the Tampa Bay Rays and gets $33 million out of it. Happy for him. The team makes it scary. If this is a guy that gets traded to your team in in a year, year and a half, and he's still dealing, watch out for that cut slider. Um, And maybe there's a day we're talking about an elite Angels bullpen. I'm not going to believe it. And the question I pose on Talking Baseball, which the fellas didn't necessarily love, I would trade him for Yariel Rodriguez. Um, He signs with Toronto, four years, $32 million. So think about that. Like, this is a guy that got became a popular name around the office uh, with Yankee fans just because there's some potential starting pitching potential here. 6'1", 26 years old, turns 27 soon. Uh, Signed by the Blue Jays. Supposedly he wanted to go to a team that would give him an opportunity to start. Blue Jays currently have a full rotation. Gossman, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi, Manoa. Uh, Yariel slots in to be their longman. Go check out their bullpen. Blue Jays. Jordan Romano, good. One of the better closers in the game. Eric Swanson has put together a couple really nice years. Yimmy Garcia, good reliever when he's hot. Give him the eighth. Tim Meza, friend, had a 1-5-2 ERA last year. Chad Green, friend, coming off TJ. Uh, Chad Green's a guy that we've liked in a lot of spots. He's currently their five-man. Hennessy's Cabrera. Freak. That dude clicked with the Blue Jays and has always been a nasty lefty. Trevor Richards, John Boy's favorite pitcher. <laughs> um, and then Yariel Rodriguez, who this was a guy that got saves overseas and supposedly has an electric fastball. Uh, Blue Jays, that pitching. Okay. I see it, Toronto. Uh, my question was, if those teams put the trade on the table, Blue Jays, you get Robert Stevenson. Angels, you get Yariel Rodriguez. Who says no? Um, and I think everyone leaned they'd rather have Robert Stevenson because he's pitching the MLB. He's got a new pitch. Like, the story makes sense, and Yariel's such a wild card. And I think that plays to my argument because if I'm the Blue Jays, you know, that's a guy that could potentially be your eighth inning or step-in closer where Rodriguez, we just don't know what he is. He's a young guy that's got a fastball, supposedly mid to high 90s. Let's see what the rest of it looks like. Uh, but if they can get some starting pitching out of him or 
you know, this might be the year that we're seeing like relief starters, like guys looking to get a hundred innings pitched. Um, who was uh Jordan Hicks? Yeah, Jordan Hicks. Like, is what what are their goals this year? Is it a build up? Is it ninety innings to one twenty innings? Uh, I think for Rodriguez, they just got to find out what they've got, and if he's a bullpen piece. Kind of expensive, but you could use that. Uh, or if it's a swing man, that might be like the going price nowadays uh, to get innings out of a ball player. So, I don't know. I kind of like the fit better if the Angels had Rodriguez and Toronto had Stevenson. Toronto's bullpen. That's a sneaky little unit there. Couple lefties, couple righties. Speaking of God. another f- just freak option. Who's listed in their AAA bullpen right now? Nate Pearson. Big Nate. Ooh, if they're if they're pivoting him to a relief role, that guy might be a freak freak. Feels like a trade. Yeah, they they put him back there. He got some appearances. He yeah. definitely has the personality for it. Vibes uh, there. Talking about listed heights. He's a six six. So Man, well, I know didn't didn't know they were making the pivot. I know this got daydreamed in uh in our trade episode a little bit, but if they like let's say if Miami was into Manoa Manoa for Arias or something. Miami needs hitting. Miami needs hitting. Feels like one of the guys they shouldn't want to trade away. But Okay, I'll stop daydreaming about that. Uh, so those were your signings. The relief market started to move. The big boys, still no flinching. Not a lot of smoke. Feels like it's going to get dragged out. Uh, probably close to spring training. So... Uh, We'll wait to see what other baseball news we've got. For now, football. Football, football, football. We are joined by Justin Mm. Panic. Saw you last week leading into the game. Games. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I want dessert before dinner. That's the kind of man I am. When it happens, it happens. Justin Panic, maybe I was fried from the weekend. Maybe I'm just fried. Bills Chiefs in Buffalo. Third playoff game between those teams? Sounds right. And the game that was provided, and I think what's going to be the interesting caveat is to see if the Ravens do just bully the Chiefs next week because Mm -hmm. there's a chance that they look like a really good football team and both Kansas City and the Bills showed their flaws Mm -hmm. for like the fourth quarter. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that game. I was gasping with almost every play. Um, I liked that the teams had the back and forth going and they showed their strengths, the yep. Bills, just kind of refusing to be... They were getting eight yards of play. Like, give James Cook the ball, eight yards. Josh Allen scrambles, eight yards. And it was just... It was almost more torturesome than a defense making plays mm-hmm. and then giving up the big play. Like, it was just unstoppable. You had two totally different games happening where... You had the Chiefs who had, shockingly enough, you know, the Chiefs that don't have a Tyree kill, don't have a, a, a dynamic receiver. You have them getting six 20-plus yard plays yeah. at some point. The Bills didn't have a single, a single 20-plus yard play. They finally attempted some deep shots mm. in the second half with Sherfield. Who are you? And then hey, the Stefan the, the Stephon Diggs Ooh. right between the, the basket. You got to have that, right? But zero, even no Josh Allen big runs, no James Cook big runs, zero plays of 20-plus yards for the Buffalo Bills. But in and at the end, 
running the ball. You know, hey, Joe Brady got a lot of slack when he first came in the NFL. This is a dude that's not going to run the ball. Then what have the Buffalo Bills second-half Bills done this year? They've ran the damn ball. Two very different games came down to the wire, and I'll tell you what, uh, the better quarterback prevailed, and that's what it came down to. Did if we were clickbait or yep. we were radio that was going to be on for five hours, one mm-hmm. of the questions we would ask is if the better team won. Do you think the better team won? Absolutely not. Yeah, because you're kind of a big Bills guy, right? I mean, the Bills were the one of the best. Like, you want to talk about get hot, right? I, I'm right. a big believer in hot. You know, the postseason. You know, can, can this team get hot at the right time? And, yes, the Buffalo Bills, they were getting hot at the right time. And they carried that second-half momentum even into dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. And Gabe Davis being out. Like, I, I don't yeah. – that's the only thing I can really point to – to be like, that's the deep threat. That's the guy that they go to. That's the guy that they have gone to in the playoffs before. He's right. had those playoff heroic games. But Josh Allen, like, it was clear it was part of the game plan. His, like, average depth of target, how he, like, five and a half yards? Right. Cra- crazy conservative. And it's like, you wonder why. Gabe Davis was the one thing that was missing, but that's not enough for me to really be convinced that that's why Buffalo was so conservative on offense, at least their passing attack. I've got some obnoxious things to say. Please. Um, and I'm I'm not taking a victory. Li- well, actually, I may in a second. I'm not the biggest Sean McDermott guy. Like, right. if, I, if I had to look at the pieces in Buffalo and say what's, what's – and I don't want to say problem because the other thing that is stated well, like, these Kansas City Chiefs are going to be remembered. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is Patrick Mahomes, who people are arguing to be the best quarterback ever. Yeah. Andy Reid, who has jumped into an echelon with some of the best coaches ever. Yeah. Like, you know, it. it's not like this team is just messing up against a random team. Like, they're running into the Kansas City Chiefs, and mm-hmm. I think we get ahead of ourselves. We always love seeing, like, the Patriots dynasty, and it's like, we're, we might never see this again. Yeah. And then well, it happens we're seeing, again. We're seeing it. Because guess what? Another best quarterback happens, and that team's got a big advantage. And if you have the best quarterback, you're probably going to get a great coach. Mm -hmm. And if you have a great quarterback, you're going to surround him with good. Like there's there's a recipe there that this happens. Um, I'm not the biggest McDermott guy. Can you walk me through the fake punt? Because you just posted a video on it, yeah. um, Which I'm excited to watch. I haven't. I saw it posted, but I haven't watched it yet. During during the live broadcast. Mm Romo goes, oh, they saw 10 men on the field. Yeah. So they went for it. Feely, go- Feely says it too afterwards. For me, I kind I let out a gasp. One, because it was DeMar Hamlin, mm-hmm. which I'll circle back to on that. Mm-hmm. Two, I explained Jess the whole thing, and I was like breathing heavy, and she was like worried about me. <laughs> so I'll get back to that. But then I kind of gave an oh no, because Justin, I haven't played a lot of football. But, you know, special teams, like, I feel like there's rules that come with it, and it felt like Feely and Romo were alluding to, hey, if you see the other team only has 10 men and we've got a numbers advantage, you yell out arugula or whatever Mm -hmm. you yell out, everyone goes, oh, okay, they're a man short. Let's run left, run right, go from there. After the game, McDermott said he called it. They were trying to win a playoff game. I guess what did you, what have you seen? Let me, I'll, you're asking me a question. I'm going to throw a question right back at you. Would you rather run a play that you don't run 
or would you rather run a play with one of the best quarterbacks in the National Football League and a play that I feel really good about this fourth and short play, even if we're on our own 30-yard line and we only have two yards to go? What do you feel better about running there? I feel better. It's a loaded question. Traditionally, it's Josh Allen. Josh Allen, the unstoppable runner when he wants to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say this. I if you have a special teams play that you have a good special teams coach and you see something that you know, hey, if we do this, there's going to be about 20 yards this way, mm-hmm. then I believe in it. They didn't have that. But the Chiefs knew it was coming. Like, that, I don't know what the phrases are, so don't kill me for not knowing special teams I'm phrases. I'm going to kill you. The middle linebacker. Sure. Right? Dalton Feely is like a special teams aficionado. Right. The one thing that I did see when I was making the video is that middle linebacker, that's behind that front line right. on that, you know, that fourth and two where DeMar Hamlin is pacing back and forth. And that's not unusual. Now, he didn't do it on the first two punts of the game. There were three punts of the game, three mm. Bills punts of the game. They didn't do it the first two. The other two punts of the game, it was a different formation. They were running with a different formation. So the Bills go out and they introduce a new formation for a punt. DeMar Hamlin kind of paces back and forth and say, all right, is there going to be some sort of movement when I move? Clearly, they saw what they wanted to see, or the play call was already in, and it was very clear that from the snap, that that linebacker, from the get-go, Sneed, um, that's the wrong name, Reed, just runs laterally, does not run north and south, does not go for the ball, does not go for the punter, does not drop back and not kind of max protect, just runs straight for that ball carrier, and they all flow with it. They all flow in that same direction, so they knew it was coming. Um, so that's where it's like, again, I would rather put my offense out there and my quarterback that I'm paying a lot of money to McDermott said, go out and win a playoff game. Yeah. You, you chose DeMar Hamlin to go out and win that playoff game. Now in the end, it didn't matter right? because they end up ball. Fumbling. Don't lie. Chiefs fumble. Yeah. Ball but it, takes, it takes, takes time away though. A lot of people think that rule lies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which right. I don't, I'm actually on the other side. I oh, like, I, I, I I'm like fine with it that. as a fun defensive. Hold loophole. on to the ball. Everyone knows the rule. Yeah. Everyone very well knows the rule. Uh, sometimes it does feel a little bad. Uh, I exhaled when that happened, which mm-hmm. is dumb because I didn't want people blaming DeMar Hamlin for right. the game. Um, and then Jess was like, wouldn't that be okay? Wouldn't people be nicer to him because of his situation? And I was no. like, that's a very interesting no. sports way to look at it. No, um, it's just a life way to look at it. Now, to be fair, right. I did look at the other punts. That was his job that game. They didn't put him in that spot. Because oh let's let's throw let's throw out a, 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 a let's put a crumble out there and let's give him a right. different look that has been his role um, I presume the whole year but at least it was for that game so I did look at the other punts and the only thing that was different was the formation and the fact that Hamlin was moving kind of pacing back and forth pacing back and forth again not a not a rare thing but it just didn't work and the Chiefs sniffed it out even with ten guys on the field and I guess that's that's my thing where we're you know. The bass kick is getting talked about wide right, Buffalo. The way the Chiefs were moving the ball, tie game. Bucker was, I think, against the win, but he already made a kick against the mm-hmm. win. Like, I, I don't know. I've seen the Chiefs, like, to, a game-tying kick wide right I don't really care about, especially when um, the fumble through the end zone happened, which mm-hmm. if, that, if that doesn't happen, I, I think this is just, it would be a lot heavier on the Bills. Um, and that's where... I like Josh Allen. The turnover things, he fumbles, and yep. that could have been recovered by anyone, and what would we be talking about mm-hmm. now? Josh Allen's turnovers. There's something there. I mean, obviously his good outweighs the bad, but um, 
there's something there. Um, that I guess that's what highlighted it for me. And unfortunately, that makes me come to McDermott is that digs that one ball. Mm-hmm. If you think you're that guy, you have to catch that ball. Because yes. don't get. I at first came a little defensive because everyone was like, oh my God, Diggs, that's right there. What are you doing? And I was like, it's kind of a funky angle mm-hmm. for a deep ball. Like it was, it wasn't a clean catch. Right. But if you're Stefan Diggs, you want to be lumped with Justin Jefferson. You yeah. want to be lumped with a, you want to be lumped with those guys in a playoff game. The throw, it's there. Down. You have to catch that. Mm-hmm. You have to catch that. So Diggs, Josh Allen comes up short on the end zone throw. I know he got bumped into. Yeah. Deion Dawkins ends up in his lap with another 300 pound gentleman. Mm-hmm. So that's tough. But, um, you know, and Allen, he gave the good quarterback quotes. He was like, you know, I should have stepped up in the pocket, blah, blah. It's tough. It's one throw, but that's the difference it's, sometimes. It's the difference of the playoff you know? game. It's so the difference in the playoff that's, game. You have all these things that you can point out with the Bills that felt kind of like the Bills. Yeah, and um, guess what? The quarterback on the other side played perfect. Perfect. And also, I mean, I, I don't want to forget, you know, obviously everybody's gonna just going to give the spotlight to the Chiefs offense and then McDermott and then going to Josh Allen. I mean, the Chiefs the Chiefs defense is very good. Steve Spagnuolo very has good. those guys How playing. How about that? Playing is three, Steve Spagnuolo a Hall of Famer? Three-time Super Bowl champ as a defense coordinator. Once with the Giants and then two times uh, against uh, against those. Uh, Are there coordinators the in the Hall of Fame? How many times did he beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl game? I Normally, I'd ask you that question. Because he's beat Tom Brady once in 07. Did Mahomes beat Brady in a Super Bowl? Yes. No. Did he lose uh, to Brady in a Super Bowl? Lost to Brady. Lost to Brady they, in a Super Bowl. But neither here nor there. Very, he's very, very good. LeJarrius Sneed. I mean, if you want to talk about why I don't think uh, mm. you know Diggs was involved, just because you have you know McDuffie, who's a very good slot corner. But I think all Sneed, pro? Sneed should be all pro. If he was all pro, he was on the all-JM team that Dalton and I did. Oops. They follow. Sneed follows wide receiver ones all year, and that's what he did. And... He locked down Stefan Diggs outside of maybe one play that Diggs should have came up with a big ball, and he didn't. Yeah. And that's the difference in the game. Where you're, you're, You tweeted out, did they trade Stefan Diggs during halftime? And it's like, well, I'm thinking to myself, well, LeJarrius Sneed is doing his job. Yeah, that's true. I. But you're right a, in that Diggs needs to step up in the moment if you want to be that guy, and if and it goes both ways. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a catch-22, because if we're going to give your guy Joe Brady and the Bills so much credit for getting Diggs involved in that first drive, mm-hmm. where they, like, you know, I think it was a couple quick passes and maybe a yeah. handoff. What, in the fourth quarter, three catches, six targets, and what, uh, two of them were, like, manufactured? Come on. I know. It's tough. And but they were in it. And that's the crazy thing, is that they were in it. And I think that goes to show the talent that the Bills do have. Right. And that they're able to dictate the game in multiple different ways and able to do different things on offense. Um, but man, those those Chiefs are inevitable. And during the right time, you had Patrick Mahomes doing what he needed to do. And it always just seemed, it's so funny, these last two years, in the biggest moments where it's like, all right, we're going to take control of the game and we can win the game right here. It's Isaiah Pacheco that wins them football games when they need to clinch them. Where did he go to college? Oh, wow, look at that. Look at are that. you? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, his post-game interview looked like Mahomes and Andy Reid had a baby. Who? Pacheco. Pacheco? It was unreal. <laughs> I mean, he hit him. He, would, he didn't answer a single question. He nice. was just like a team. He's like, we are a team. We run the plays. We listen to our coaches. He's like, whoa. Awesome. All right. So the, the, brain, <laughs> the brain washes in by yeah. Pat and Andy. 
Uh, and wouldn't you listen to them if you were a seventh round running back? Because it's yeah. working. Hell yeah. Even Clyde Edwards Hilaire with he a couple was, couple he, runs. Kelsey looking good. Um, I want to ask one more obnoxious question about this game. Yes. I'm kind of over the bills. Do whatever you want. Is there any chance that the Chiefs have a little of the, like, we know we're going to be in the playoffs. We're the Chiefs. We have Mahomes. Is there a little bit, like, the knobs turned up? How, how like, so? you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we talk about this, I guess, in every sport. It's, you know, if, if there's ever a team, a Golden State or someone like that, and it's like, oh, you know, they finished fourth in the regular season, but mm-hmm. you get to the postseason, and it's like, well, it's game on. I guess their offense just isn't as scary, but like you just said, Mahomes was perfect. Perfect. So, in a way, they are. Yes. You know what's crazy, Jake? It's crazy, Jake. They're going to get better. They're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round this upcoming draft. And the Kansas City Chiefs are having a down year this year. Right. They're having a down year. They're going to get better next year. And that's the thing that I can't... If they win it all this year, I can't wrap my brain around the Kansas City Chiefs looking at this offseason, reflecting on what happened this year, being like, we had a bad year, and we didn't do enough to surround Patrick Mahomes with enough talent. And then this, even even if they lose the AFC Championship game to a much more talented Baltimore Ravens team, yeah, they're going to get better, and that's the scary thing. Yeah, and that's why a lot of my a lot of my buddies were running to the DraftKings app, which mm. I saw you doing during the live stream a little bit. Saturday and Sunday had a lot of dichotomy in those two they, days. They thought that <laughs> they thought the Ravens were going to come out as like minus six and a half point favorites because they they're just wow. dominant. They've beaten good teams. Came out I think it was minus three. So and, neutral field, and, it's to and, pick them. And a lot of my buddies were like, "Oh, let's let's get the Ravens now." And I'm, I don't subscribe to that because I'm hands. A up. lot of things can happen in a football game, and the Chiefs just have to hang. Because mm-hmm. if Patrick has a chance, if there's a minute thirty left, if with, they're down seven with a minute thirty, yeah. that could be a quick eight. <laughs> if, they're, if they're down <laughs> one, it. if they're down one, if it works out to like a 24-23 game, Mahomes has got the ball a minute thirty left, one timeout, and he's on his own twenty-five. It's over. You're the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's one of one of the best quarterbacks of all time, one of the best head coaches of all time, a very good defense, and all you have to do is hang around the game, mm-hmm. and they can do that. Right. Uh, but God, that Ravens defense is so good, man. Right. And if you subscri- part of me wants them to just get dunked on, if you, subs- get- which that's what they do, Jake. Right. Talked about it on you know the stream and talked about it on the show last week, where I think it's now ten times. You know, include the Houston Texans that they've beat the Houston Texans twice this year by fourteen plus points. Right. So that's another you know uh, another time that they beat a team above five hundred. A lot of people do subscribe. You know, this is analytics people. They subscribe to the you know who have you beaten, and the Baltimore. If you want to look at the, if you want to evaluate who you've right. beaten, the Baltimore Ravens have beaten the best teams in the NFL, the best teams that they could possibly have faced on their schedule with a record above five hundred, and they've beaten them by two scores. I guess I can spin that sports fan, lazy football guy to. Do you know cheap. how to play in a close game? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> not, not going. That? I'm not going there. I'm. I'm more so going. That turns into pressure for me. That, hey, Mahomes. 
Mahomes drives the boys down the field and they score on the first drive, which I think he's done his like every playoff. There was some weird stat. If there's that one came bet out. on the DraftKings Sportsbook yeah. app you want to be doing is Mahomes some sort of Points offensive on score yeah. on the first drive. Um, and then I don't know, tip tipped ball, Legarius Sneed interception, first drive, <sighs> brutal. Then all of that turns right. Then all all of it could be nothing. What's the Raven strength that we saw this past weekend? You get off to a lead, right? Or even at halftime, it's right. tied. But, you know, it felt like it's the game coming. in their favor. The Ravens respond first drive of the second half. They got the ball first. They made halftime adjustments. They got the ball out of Lamar's hands quickly because D'Amico Ryans and the Texans were blitzing. They're not a blitz-happy team. They were a blitz-happy team against Lamar, which I was like, oh, this is a little curious. So they got the ball out of his hands quick. They go down. They score that touchdown. And basically, the game's over. Then what do the Ravens do from there? They run the ball, they run the ball, they run the ball because they can, because they have an offensive line that can. They have Patrick Card, who's a fullback tight end that can. You have Charlie Kohler, who's a blocking tight end. You can run 13 personnel. Isaiah Likely is getting more involved in blocking. You have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. The Ravens want get to get a lead, so then they can just pound it down your throat with Gus Edwards, Dalvin Cook, Justice Hill, and then you have the threat of Lamar's legs, too, and, oh, yeah, they can go play action and throw it deep down the field, too. So... The game script is the Ravens get off to a hot start. They get the lead. They control the tempo of the game. Or like you said, if the if if the Chiefs get out to that lead and then you're forcing Lamar to play from an uncomfortable spot of, oh, crap, we have to throw, 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 abandon the run, that's where the game can get in the Chiefs' favor is if they get off to that fast start and then they throw off the rhythm of how the Ravens play their game. I, um, I like Mahomes. Just do. He's, I mean, everything you'd want in a superstar. He's proven like he's that you a, can't go against him. He's now. a genuine nice guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's his actual personality, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Like, he signed up for that quarterback show, and, like, he is Patrick Mahomes. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't want to face him in a ping pong match because no. he's one of the most competitive guys in the world, but he's also just, like, a squirrely sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Um. If the Ravens dominate them and, like, we get a Super Bowl week of Ravens defense with MVP mm-hmm. quarterback, I'll be all in on the Ravens. Um, but I don't know. I uh, I went into the Bills game with kind of – it's it's a me and BBD staple. Kind of don't bet against the Chiefs with Mahomes. Not really no need. I don't if, need to be that guy. If you lose if you lose a bet, that's okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an NFL script guy, obviously, because I like sports. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does Mahomes lose ever? Not really. I want Lamar to do it. He, They very well might, but He's I don't gonna, think it'll be Lamar. The Chiefs are going to get better. and Stop talking about next year. No, they I'm, might I'm win sa- the Super Bowl this year. It matters, year. though, for this year. Yeah. It matters, though, for this year because right. this is the Chiefs down here. This was supposed to be the year that everybody else could get ahead. And you're not, yeah. which is great. Which again, it, it goes to show how crazy it is right now. I'm not just talking about next year. Yeah. It goes to show how crazy they are doing right now is that there is clear red circle priority number one. Upgrade at wide receiver. They don't have – Rasheed Rice, it's fine. we'll see how he develops. He's fine. Nice is he play. a wide receiver too? Lower tier wide receiver two on a lot of good teams. Yes, he is. 
and he's the wide receiver one. I understand you have Ke- Ke- Travis Kelsey had a down year at 900 yards receiving right. this year, which is still cra- it's crazy and standard when, that he's set. And when they needed it in a playoff game, he's 75 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, and Amazing Pe- busted coverage. And Pacheco, <laughs> 90, <laughs> 97 yards on 15 carries. Like, yeah. The, the Chiefs have enough. I, I do want if the Ravens can just clamp them, they're going to head towards like people will talk about them as an all time team mm-hmm. where the Chiefs are like the opposite story. Like, this is their worst version. Easier said than done. Right. But I trust that Ravens defense to not get too ahead of themselves. I think D'Amico Ryan's, and I'm going to bring this because sure. again, you have, you have quarterbacks that are similar in their skill sets and that they're explosive. Let's just put that under an umbrella. D'Amico Ryan's broke tendency. Right. D'Amico Ryan's didn't blitz. He rushed four all year long and prevented big plays. I trust that the Ravens are going, you know, they may throw in a blitz every now and then to keep Mahomes honest, but I trust that they're going to play their safeties back. We're going to keep everything in front of you. And Patrick Mahomes, you are going to have to run 10, 11, 12 play drives and go methodically down the field and make good decisions without holding calls, without drop balls that right. those receivers do. That's true. You're going to have to, hey, you're going to have to run for four or five yards on first and second down if you want to be good against us. And they have really good linebacker play, and Patrick Green, Raquan Smith, and the, that defensive line's really good. Um, and you know, So that's going to be the game plan, and I trust that the Ravens are going to stay more strict to that Rather than like, hey, you look at what D'Amico Ryan's did, and they went off script and they went off tendency, and I think they got bit bit in the ass for it. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you, and I realize NFL defense has gone; it's almost gone to the way of make the offense make the mistake because mm-hmm. if you get a holding or you get a drop, you're almost and also force a field like you taking take, a field goal is a win for the defense. You take them off <laughs> schedule, but they just they kind of just did that in Buffalo. I know it's a very different defense, um, but again the. The Chiefs scoreboard could also say 35 pretty easily. Oh, yeah. Um, enough on that. Yeah, what have I been sitting here for 20 minutes? I know. Let me, let me ask you this. It was the game. Is this, is it was the one AFC, of the best games I've seen, though. Is the AFC Championship really game the Super Bowl? Because we, we've been talking about it for 20 minutes, and there's a no. whole other conference. Uh, <laughs> it, it is if the Ravens dominate. Okay. If the Ravens dominate, dude, that defense is disgusting, and they have the MVP who, you know, Lamar, whichever version they want to do, you could pick up a first down by accident. Mm-hmm. That if the Ravens dominate the Chiefs, then yes. Um, but the San Francisco 49ers and the Lions will meet up. Um, this sounds kind of rude, but both of those games kind of went expected almost. Like, well, let me say, Ravens-Texans, kind of. Yeah. Minus a Texans punt return. Yep. And when you look, when you, and when everyone had that realization, wait, they only scored a touchdown on special teams. They haven't been to the red zone. Like, the game was tied at halftime, and it was like, this is going to get ugly. Very much felt like the Ravens were still very much controlled again. And it did. The Lions-Buccaneers became the game we thought it was going to be towards the end of the third quarter. Like, shootout. Like, challenge these defenses, get the ball downfield. Felt like both teams played a little scared in the first half, if mm-hmm. not the first three quarters a little bit. It opened up, and then Detroit kind of showed that they were the better team. Yeah, um, It's crazy that they don't give the ball to Gibbs a little more. Um, I mean, I like Montgomery, but Gibbs just, <laughs> that kid's talented and special. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown is like climbing my all-time favorite player list. Yes. Who's his player comp? 
dude, he was a third round pick from USC. I want to say could be wrong. He's like a slot wide receiver that has List, the strength of an outside wide receiver. Listed six foot two oh two. His strength is crazy. His mm-hmm. dad was like a Mr. Olympia or something yeah. like that. The two names that come up for me, one just feels like a different player, but Steve Smith. Because Steve Smith was like on the outside, dude. Steve yes. Smith like <laughs> went up and got it. But that's so that's why Amon Ra being like the jacked athlete that he is right. in the slot. Makes him so unique. And then the other one, he's like a better Golden Tate almost, but that I never like. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a player comp for him because I'm like, hey, if I put Amon Ross St. Brown on my all-time favorite players team, there should like it feels like there should be someone ahead of him, but maybe not. Right. And 119 catches this year, mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns, and runs like an absolute freak yes. show. Yes. Um, awesome. I guess anything... The Ravens, I guess my point is the Ravens are the Ravens. We've already laid that out. Mm-hmm. Um, they dominate the Texans, who have an argument for you know one of the worst teams left. Sorry, Texans fans, but you know them, Packers, Bucks, a little bit. Yep. Is there Lions, Niners? Mm-hmm. What's the reason to buy Lions stock? Again, they're playing good football at the right time. Um, Packers ran on them. Packers and the ran Lions on them. can run a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Lions can run it. But what I think the pass was able to set up for the success of the Lions running game against the Bucks because the Bucks were a pretty good run defense. But I think the pass rate over expected for the line for the Lions was really high. Now they didn't have a lot of explosive plays, but where they did get their productive plays is that running the ball actually was more efficient for them um, against the Bucks. Because um, I do think they got themselves in good situations on early downs, and then late down, you're able to run the ball. Jameer Gibbs had some nice plays. And I think you're going to see the, situa- the, the script flipped because the 49ers are very good against the pass, but they struggle against the run. So if you're an advocate for, hey, I want more Jameer Gibbs, then I think and hope that you're going to get it against those San Francisco 49ers. And I'll introduce the 49ers here into the conversation. I'm pro-Lions mm. because I am anti what we're seeing from the 49ers okay. right now. The Packers were a better football team for the majority of the game. Yeah. Jordan Love was the better quarterback for the majority of the game, and credit to Brock Purdy for getting it right in the most important moments, and that does matter. I don't want to dismiss that, but watch Brock Purdy's last few games, and it's not great. Yeah, It's not great. Kyle Shanahan did get some criticism for how he kind of dealt with game situations and game management, and he's also calling the plays. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot for a coach to account for when he's calling the plays, plus trying to coach the football team. So, like, look at it, Jake. Who's the better football? Like, who would you say is playing like a better football team right now, the Lions or the 49ers? I would say the Lions. I mean, in a way, yes. I think the Packers are playing a lot better brand of football than the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and in football, it's something that's kind of unexplainable, but it is explainable. When you don't play, something happens. Yeah. And they basically had a double bye. And Debo may be out. And that's Deep, huge. So Debo being out is huge, but knowing Debo might be out Fair. also helps. Fair. Because I think playoff game versus Packers, I think you have... 
you want to get the ball in Debo's hands 15 times. What they did when Debo went out is Jawan Jennings ran like a Debo play, and you're like, what? No. So you're not calling that, (laughs) hopefully, this week if he's out. Yeah. Um, I just think there's something to playing. I think the weather conditions didn't help them in Brock. Brock struggled with that. I just did a quick San Francisco weather. Looks like Sunday will be 63 and sunny. Love that. Um, The Lions' defense, I don't. Really believe in. I, I think I think Hutchinson has made a step, and everyone's talking about that. But after them, I know they got Gardner Webb back, and he's been making a lot of plays. What the Niners can do on offense in San Francisco, mm-hmm. surviving the Packers, Brock gets it together on those last few drives. I'm. I hope obviously with both of these, I hope we get a great game. Mm-hmm. I think there's a chance it could even get like ugly for the Lions. And I love Dan Campbell. I love Dan Campbell. I I like the golf story. I think their offense is dynamic um when it's on time. And that sounds dumb, but like that's golf. And dude, some of golf's throws. Mm-hmm. The third down, he got popped coming around the edge and it was just perfect and you're yep. like, "Wow, that's why you were one pick Jared mm-hmm. Goff." Like and he's pissed off, and it, I think he's going home a little bit. Uh, Cal guy. I think the Niners are just... I. The Lions need to be perfect. Yeah. I think San Francisco just proved they don't even have to be close to perfect. Right. Like, how far are the Packers and the Lions? They could be bad. They could have bad ball for 50 minutes or 55 minutes and the still The end of out. your Packers compared to the end of your Lions... Neutral site, the Lions, I think, are Packers favorites. also the youngest team in the NFL. And right. the Lions have had years of continuity of kind of playing together with those guys. I don't know, man. Uh, your, your lean and your instinct of football has kind of been better than mine. I'm no, a little, don't I'm say a little, that. I now, had a good like, day on the couch during the live stream. I'm removing numbers from this. Right. And I'm going Lions because I'm just going off of who's playing better football to at win? the right time. I'm going Lions to win. I am. I'm not trusting Brock right now. I'm not trusting what Brock Purdy, and if there is a world where Debo Samuel is not here and that Lions defense can identify that Brandon Ayuk mm. is the guy that we have to stop through the air and he, coaches have to be disciplined. Are you going to give Christian McCaffrey the ball enough if he is efficient to really keep you going? Because coaches, yeah, they want to th- they want to run the ball, right? right? But they also want to throw it. And these co- you, you you get to this point because Brock Purdy has been really good, and you want to throw with Brock Purdy, and you want to throw in early downs. But also, if McCaffrey is working like he was, McCaffrey basically won them the game outside of that awesome Brock Purdy last drive. Mm-hmm. Are you going to give the ball enough to McCaffrey if it is working? And it was working against the Packers, and they didn't really give him the ball enough. That's also the big question, too. I really like golf, and I'm worried about I'm going to say some some mean stuff, but it, it's more directed at San Francisco at home in a championship game. Yeah. That I, I think they beat a team similar to the Lions at this point, and they did not play well. Mm-hmm. That I, I think San Francisco... So to go back to the AFC question, no. Because if, if I had... I think San Francisco shows out this weekend... Mm-hmm. Whether that's McCaffrey, whether that's like defense, could I see them having a couple big turnovers? Yeah, I know their D line hasn't been killing it lately, and maybe 
maybe the Lions come back at me, and I'd, I'd actually be rooting for it. Uh, maybe they hammer the ball, and the Niners can't stop it, and Dan Campbell mania. Give me Super Bowl week Dan Campbell mm-hmm. over everything oh, in the world. Man. That'd be great. <laughs> but what do you think about Kyle Shanahan? Just it was, As, If you had to rank NFL head coaches right now. Oh, I... See one as a play caller and schematic guy, yeah, but as a game manager, completely different conversation. Yeah, that's true. I like, almost wanted to do an office video this week of like going around ranking the head coaches, right. and it's like, yeah, if I look myself in the mirror, it's like I I'm gonna say Kyle Shanahan one ish, Andy Reid one, but I'm gonna say like two because of just he is a the the brain, right. But also the burn in a certain moment where it's like if you're gonna have timeout allocation and you know certain game management stuff, it is sometimes tougher for those play callers to be better in that situation. Some good coaches this weekend. I want to check one thing quick. Last year was Sirianni and the 49ers. They rolled mm-hmm. the 49ers because they didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, pretty good. And also something freaky and funky could happen like that too. You you always rule that right. out. And then it was Burrow and the Chiefs. Chiefs won. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I almost see, seeing the Niners lose last year in ugly fashion without a quarterback. That makes me like them a little more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all of those guys kind of getting tortured by last mm-hmm. year's Eagles team while mm-hmm. they don't have a QB. Um, McCaffrey is like a lock for two touchdowns. When have you ever been able to say that about a player? Yeah. Like, I, I was so confident. I opened my DraftKings app, and I was like, I'm going to bet Christian McCaffrey two touchdowns, and it was like plus 135. <laughs> it's like Think about anything. how insane that is. <laughs> Think about how insane that is. Two touchdowns. You could probably make a, a jam football trivia, trivia video on name players with uh, two touchdowns in a single game, and you could maybe get a lot of them. You got a lot of them from 2023, um, but he just does it every game. You are streaming this weekend from Alabama? Yes. We're going to be streaming the NFC game, the second game. Okay. No promises on when the when we will be able to get into the Airbnb, so it may be tight for the first game. So we'll just, we're going to do the second okay. game. Second game's a lock, maybe end of the first. We'll see what's yeah, going we'll on. Yeah, we'll see what's going on. Uh, thanks to everyone that's been joining JM Football. It's been a enjoying. lot of fun. I know. I, uh, I was flipping in and out uh, last night. Okay, 17.6 subs. Getting there. Okay. Getting okay, there. Okay, couple thousand streaming last night. Uh, anything else from you, JP? We're gonna be at the Senior Bowl too, yeah. um, in Mobile, Alabama, the week before the Super Bowl. So if you're if you're an NFL draft guy, and I'll be back on week and Jake talking draft too when we get to mid late April. Um, so Bobby Skinner, myself, and we're gonna have some other friends that we're gonna be making some content <laughs> with. Uh, probably get some player interviews too, which we haven't done in years past. So Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, playoffs, we're covering it. We're doing it. Daniel Jones, your week one QB? Probably. Probably, right? If I had a really long long look. Again, I mentioned the mirror a couple times. Oh. If I'm talking to myself in the mirror, humble talk to myself, yes. Thank you, Justin Pennick. Thank you, Beebs. Go sports. We'll talk to you in midweek. Might rope and jolly. Oh, boy. Ooh. Warehouse.